The pervading view of Schumann's later songs is that they lack immediate melodic beauty and lyricism. They are chromatic, disjointed and hard to grasp. Eric Sams' book on Schumann's songs has been the most popular English language companion for students and performers until very recently. Sams was particularly harsh about the later leader. He wrote, The evidence of the songs is plain. Schumann never again reached or even approached the level of his 1840 masterpieces. The songs of 1849 are a decline. The later ones are descent, first steep and then precipitous. But why is the comparison with the earlier songs necessary at all? Since 1840, Schumann had explored new genres, compositional strategies and literary references. By the end of the decade, he was a very different man and musician. In this podcast, we'll provide further context for understanding and appreciating Schumann's songs from this later period. We spoke to some of the performers and writers appearing at the festival this year. Roger Vignols, Richard Wigmore, Sarah Connolly, Eugene Asti and James Gilchrist. Literature was always important to Schumann. Writers such as E.T.A. Hoffmann and Jean-Paul had inspired many of his piano works of the 1830s. When he turned to song in 1840, he gave voice to the great Romantic poets, Heinrich Heine and Josef von Eichendorf. Roger Vignols. The words were always there under the water and then suddenly they bobbed up uh, to the surface and uh, attached themselves to a vocal line. It explains the fact that, that his earlier songs, I mean, something like um, his 24 Ludacris, um, uh, there's a sense of the piano very much ghosting the voice part, or the voice part um, being doubling the right hand of, of the piano. As, as though um, he hasn't yet learnt to liberate the voice. Mm. By the time he gets to Dichterlieber, the other Heine's cycle, he has learnt to liberate the voice from the accompaniment. In other words, Schumann's style was always developing and evolving, and his later songs explore new ways of writing for voice and piano. During the 1840s, he was writing for many other genres, symphonic and chamber works, opera and oratorio, choral music, ballads and part songs. He tapped into rising passions for domestic music-making, for exoticised depictions of distant lands, for sentimentality and for albums written for children. Indeed, with a young and fast-growing family, financial security was a more pressing concern than it had been previously. Richard Wigmore. He was far more aware of different markets in 1849 than he had been in, uh, in 1840. I mean, he was more, more worldly-wise there. Going to 1849, there are three um, cycles of solos, duets, and ensembles called Liederspiele, um, so really song plays that, that he wrote for domestic consumption, very much in the same vein as Brahms's hugely popular um, Liebeslieder waltzes for the growing and lucrative indeed, because cash flow was always a consideration. Um, domestic market and making music at home around the piano with three or four singers and two, two pianists sometimes um, playing piano duet accompaniments. These Liederspiele, one of them um, called um, Minnespiel, poems by Friedrich Rickert, a very fine poet, um, some of whose poems he'd already set in uh, Mürten back in 1840. Um, the other two, though, Spanische Liebeslieder and Spanisches Liederspiel, cultivating 
um, the hugely fashionable um, taste for Spanishry, for a kind of idealized, uh, exoticized, eroticized Spain, um, where everything is that much more heightened. Uh, Hugo Wolf very much cultivated that in vain half a century later. <laughs> And these are, on the whole, melodious, direct, tuneful Schumann writing for a specific market, as he does uh, with the leader album für die Jugend, a song album for young people, initially um, for his eldest daughter, Marie, who was then eight, but also you know, for, again, um, a wider market, and they were successfully published. And these songs, you know, a lot of absolute jewels in these, a combination of simplicity, naivety, and subtlety and artfulness. Der Schnee der Gästen noch in Flacken, vom Himmel viel hält nun gerannen, heut das At the same time, though, Schumann was also writing difficult music aimed at professional performers, not to please publishers. He was also using different poets, including Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, who had famously been set by Schubert. Schumann had mostly avoided Goethe until around the poet's centenary in 1849. The Opus 98 songs from the novel Wilhelm Meister present the characters of the old harper and mysterious child Mignon. Musicologist John Finson suggests that these songs demonstrate Schumann's conscious transposition of the lead from the home to the concert hall. A further dramatic aspect of Opus 98 was the inclusion of a requiem for Mignon, written in multiple movements for soloists, chorus and orchestra. Two genres within one opus number was practically unheard of and demonstrates the importance of genre experimentation and flexibility to the mature composer. In fact, these songs are thought the furthest removed in terms of style and coherence from the earlier ones. The Wilhelm Meister songs have even been described as Schumann's most emotionally charged song cycle. Richard Wigmore again. Irresistibly attracted, <laughs> once he opened Goethe, to uh, the figures of, of Mignon and the Harper, and creating, as I said, this strange, brooding music, exploring their darkest recesses, um, but also, yes, um, pushing tonality, as Wagner in his own way was doing, you know, um, exploring new kinds of chromatic harmony. And in Roger Vignol's words. Kenstud Aslant is relatively uh, clear, but something like um, Nurved, his version of Nurved is in such Kent is totally different from anybody else's. And, it's, it comes out like a kind of stream of consciousness. The stream of consciousness heard in Mignon's song is intensified by Schumann repeating verses and reaching ever more tortured harmonies as the young girl expresses her romantic anguish. Mm-hmm. 
That was Christina Schaefer and Graham Johnson for Hyperion. This episode of the Unlocking Late Schumann podcast series was co-written and co-presented by Frankie Perry and Laura Tunbridge, with contributions from Richard Wigmore and Roger Vignoles.